Gardenia. That's right. We're back from Afghanistan this week with Jim still on the road. And I don't know if he's going to be able to do producer notes today since uh, his connection's just enough to produce. But hey, this part of the show looks good, right? So we've got Elizabeth Croydon, comedian, anti-war activist, joining us uh, at the top of the hour. Excited to talk to my old friend there. And we've got a COVID block, believe it or not. I know, crazy. Still a thing, still a thing. Uh, and Afghanistan, we got, and it's, it's actually very exciting to see now how things in Afghanistan are, are, are unfolding. Is it exciting? When you're right about things and it's all predictable, is that it's like the opposite of exciting? <laughs> oh, yeah, we're looking at Afghanistan again today. We got a big block there and just a lot of affirmation of what, we knew to be true, but uh, I'm hopeful. It's still a major turning point. We're in the middle of it and rooting for the people of Afghanistan to come out of this with some relief, if nothing else. Um, I, I mean, I, like I said, I, I, I did an interview Friday on RT International, and uh, they, they said, well, what, what, what do we do about it? What can we do about it? And I think they're they, they were trying to get me into like logistics and play the veterans card and like, oh, well, you were there talking. And it's like, I'm not going to uh, weigh in on that. But I, I did want to point out that there are two things that anybody anywhere on earth can do to help the situation in Afghanistan, or at least categorically. And one was uh, something that, do we, did we cover the story Thursday? Uh, that the internet raised, or I was going to get to this Friday. And because no, I couldn't do the Friday show, and, and uh, uh, Joey and Jim and Jay, Triple J's on Friday, had so much fun doing the show without me that they didn't even get to any links. But one of the headlines that I did want to share was from GoodNewsNetwork.org, and it was that it was it was a little bit of a silly headline. The way it was phrased it was, "Internet raises six million dollars to evacuate people from Afghanistan who, who want to get out of the way of." The Taliban and I'm all for yeah. Hey, if you're in a tricky situation, if you're if the military created it, I'm not going to second guess it. Freedom of movement, you should not be inhibited from being able to disassociate and and leave and and get out of an area where you're under threat, right? And so that that's that's one thing is is that material engagement in charity with Afghanistan right now, and that's just one example. Um, if anybody wants to put in comments anything else that they've seen that's of, of use, this was a guy, Quentin Quarantino, is in Quarantino as a takeoff in Quentin Tarantino. This is his internet name. Kind of annoying. Cute. I thought, cute I thought annoying, you spoke like, at first, and then I was like, oh, ha, that's cute. Yeah, yeah. No, I meant that. I meant that intentionally. Uh, Quentin Quarantino, Quarantino, I guess. Good, good for him for putting this together. Or her. Could be a woman Today. posing as a Quentin. Uh, for the sake of a silly screen name, but they raised six million dollars, and it was way more efficient than the government. And so we've got uh, that that kind of commercial engagement. The, the The opposite temptation is what the U.S. government wants to do, which is to isolate, which is essentially to to create to commit an act of war through embargoes, because an embargo is a threat to say if you trade with this person with these people, we will violently stop you from trading with them. We say to, to a country, like, you can't trade. Nobody can trade with you. We are isolating you. It's an act of war, certainly an act of aggression, uh, whether you classify it as war. I mean, 
anything's a war now, right? But no, it's clearly an act of aggression and not in the best interest of the people. They're actually in the interest of the dictators or tyrants or whatever non-representative government is being imposed on people. So the U.S. government wants to say that the Taliban, this, this is the this is the big narrative that we really need to emphasize right now, is that the government, the U.S. government, wants to paint themselves as the friends of the Afghanistan people, and the Taliban as the enemy of the people of Afghanistan. And you go, well, then why did you get chased out and they get? like celebrated you know i mean i i don't want to say that the tal like i said is, is it too early last week you know to to call the taliban the the uh people's militia of afghanistan i don't, I don't think that's really accurate it probably never will be is it too early to say that maybe but they're not the enemy of the people in the way that the u.s government wants them portrayed as and but even if they were and, and, and let's say to some extent they are, right? To some extent, the Taliban is not the perfect representation of the will of the people of Afghanistan. Duh. Like, I'm not, and I'm not here to pretend that it's like this, this perfect, you know, democratic exact representation of the people there. Of course not. Uh, but if you wanted them to be more in line with the will of the people, you wouldn't say, well, let's make the people weaker through embargoes in a way that will allow the only people to be strong, those who are oppressing or living off or profiting from that oppression no you want to straight you want everybody it's i mean it, there should be enough historical examples of this by now that it's not even a question i i i really do hope that the Biden administration doesn't get away with any kind of embargoes uh or, or trade bans with uh with the taliban or with afghanistan because see even there i'm using the wrong phrasing i should say with afghanistan because of the taliban Right, because that is their government or their form of government. But even that's going to transition away soon. I, and, and I think the Taliban uh, leadership is smart enough they're going to get away from this. Anyway, so that's the one thing is that material engagement, charity, trade, right? All things. If, if, if you have an opportunity to engage materially with Afghanistan in that way, if you see a charity cause that's compelling to you, if you see uh, uh, an opportunity to buy products made in Afghanistan on the internet. Like, I don't know if that's kind of, is, uh, is that, is that a thing yet? How, how much is that? Is that a thing yet? Can we buy weed from Afghanistan yet? <laughs> if that, can I buy heroin? If I, Hey, support the people of Afghanistan, go see your local heroin dealer. No, I don't think that's how it works, but uh, is that, is that true? Is that how, does that work? Are we supporting <laughs> consume opiates? Yeah, no. Uh, but, but whatever it is, it, I guess if you were, if, is, is there a modern version of the Silk Road operational right now where you could buy heroin directly from Afghanistan on the internet? <laughs> that might be a thing. Uh, but even even more sort of mundane products, um, I, I think if, if we can support the economy of Afghanistan, but with our dollars uh, to strengthen them in particular right now, I think that's a, I think that's a good, it's a good vote to cast. Uh, the second thing is scrutiny on the Taliban, as they say that they want, they're not going to be the same as they were with their rule in the 90s, that they want to be more inclusive, that they want to be more forgiving, that they want to be as respectful as, of women's rights as they can, you know, under Sharia law, their idea of it, who knows, you know, we'll, we'll see how that comes out. Uh, but we have to avoid the 
skewed perspective and false equivalencies that the U.S. mainstream media wants to, you know, keep as the framing in this situation. You're going to see that as we get into our Afghanistan block today. Uh, and with that, I don't know, is Jim, is Jim available? I think so. I'm not. I keep freezing backstage now, which is funny because we're on the same internet connection. No, I'm on Verizon. Wait, are you on Verizon? I'm on DEA surveillance van just as you are. No, no, but that's for my laptop. That's... I'm on Verizon with. Oh can you no. Hear me? Can yes. Barely. No. screen, Joe, and I will improvise. I can't see. I'm going to grab a tripod for my phone. Adam <laughs> <laughs> will improvise. <laughs> Wait, don't we have? There's outside. Mm -hmm. It's out in the cabinet. Okay. Jim, put some promos on the screen. Yes, Telegram. I'm very, like, I'm really excited about Telegram. More every day, every day. Like, I want, like, and people are commenting. Like, it's finally, uh, we, we had 123 subscribers on our Telegram channel. What I really need to just stop using Twitter, stop using Instagram. Uh, I, I successfully got away from Facebook. I think I could stay on Twitter. I don't know. But Telegram, this is really the future. And because they have a channel broadcast uh, capability, I mean, it's a messaging app that has, you can you can have a channel on and subscribers and make them publicly discoverable and messages can get forward around, forwarded around from group to group. Totally censorship free, uh, at least as far as I know, because it's not, it's a messaging app. Private messages. It's private message. It's a private messaging app that has essentially shown us the way to do social media properly. Yeah. 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 That's the best way to describe. Subscribe it. to channel. I mean, the only thing I think it's missing is, well, it's it's missing a lot of more specific functionality. But it's like, no, you start with a solid messaging app and channels. And then you build out and you end up replacing all other social media because that's that that just foundational format of functionality. It's superior. Sorry. It's just superior. Like, why would you fall like I, the only like, I want to see it have folders so you can sort stuff. Anyway, also on Telegram, aside from the public channel that anybody can join at t.me slash Adam versus the man is the Adam versus the man producers club. And if you join us on Patreon, great way to sponsor the show. Really appreciate everybody who chips in every month to keep the lights on here. $10 a month gets you access to the producers club. And uh, that's where we get about half the stories for the show now. It's a great source, great conversation. And you can go to what's next, Jim. I'm, I'm just, yeah, at the garden freedom on Instagram. That's, that's a, that was a really fun little series of pictures. Joey got of me yesterday playing in the uh in the backyard of the cabin there moving rocks that is like okay so that boulder that i'm pushing that i'm rolling up the logs there is what like two 250 pounds it's the, big the one that i'm getting out with the pry bar there is like three or four times that it's kind of misleading the way that I set up the sequence. So it looks like I pried out the rock and then I rolled it up and then I put it into place. Uh, and it, yeah, we just had some trash to burn and then I trimmed some trees. All right. It was fun. Uh, and then we smoked some trees. We smoked lots of trees. So, yeah, so you know, we need to get to our COVID block. Uh, what else do we have? Go green energy. Uh, oh, crypto six comes next, right? The crypto six.com. 
Uh, as long as nobody's in jail until that legal case is resolved, we're going to plug him every day. Ian Freeman and the Echo. Right. Well, you can do You just turn your mic and speakers off. Oh, it won't let you turn your speaker to zero. Oh, that's like a weird StreamYard mobile limitation. Yeah. So, homefrontbattlebuddies.com. Check it out. We are raising round two or phase two money now to host our uh, our trial retreats. So, if you can chip in there, greatly appreciate it. Homefrontbattlebuddies.com. We've got some ways to uh, to donate. Taxation deductible. That's right. Tax deductible, uh, as, as, as the statists might say. And we greatly appreciate your support there. And if you want to get in touch with me about any of that, Adam at the well, gogreenenergyonline.com. Our friend Jane Nygaard, who did such a great job uh, on the show Friday and uh, has helped us do a lot of uh, our off-grid energy work here. Uh, I just want to say about, about Homefront Battle Buddies in particular, that anything you hear about on the show, if you want to get in touch with me, email adam at thefreedomline.com. All right, where did Joey go now? Joey! Now, 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 now that I need her. Oh, we got we got new phones. Uh, again, and we're I, I I'm almost ready to announce like the the backstory on these phones, um, because it's it's a fun little story of sticking it to the man. But I got I got to make sure that I am I am I am so dependent on my phone. My hotspot for my phone is called Adam's Brain. Um, but yeah, I am I am so dependent on this. I'm so cautious about about switching out and and you know financing and having the you know the, the latest top of the line smartphone to make sure that we can because like this is how we do the show right now off grid. I am I am pointing at the phone. This is a um, OnePlus Nine Pro Five G, and this is the late I, I OnePlus um, up and coming competitive cell phone maker. We're going to find out how effective they really are. But more importantly, we're switching from Verizon to T-Mobile. And, and it's really just because Verizon screwed us over so bad the last time. So I don't know what Joey's doing now or if I'm just stalling, but might as well take my COVID vitamins and get to our COVID block, shall we? If you were listening to the audio version of the podcast, that awkward three seconds of silence was hilarious in the video version, I promise. To DNYUZ, this story originally appearing in the New York Times. Two New York judges order defendants to get vaccinated. Can they do that? And there's a lot more to this story I could get into with the details, but it's not any regular listeners. I assume that any regular listeners of Adam versus the man are in trouble with the law on a regular basis. If you know, if you're, if you're good listeners, if, if, it's, if, you're, if you're actually listening at all, you're going to have issues with authority, right? It's contagious, but you so you know, but in a very serious way, anybody who's paying attention to, to, to the, the, the texture of legal reality in America, you know that judges have a lot of subjective uh, leeway in what they can do with specific cases. 
Is everything okay, dear? What happened that time? I'm fixing the problem. Oh, okay. Oh, with hey, there we go. Headphones. We're gonna see if this can work. And then we're gonna have we're gonna have the the OnePlus S9 Pro versus yeah. <laughs> front camera versus the S the Samsung S21 front front camera. Anyway, Joey knows all about this because uh, a lot of cannabis prosecution in the United States is very petty bullshit that, where there's no victim, therefore there's no crime, and it results in the judge having a lot of discretion over the exact punishment or conditions of bail, bond, release, or uh, probation, things like that, right? And so they say, will you be a good member of the community? Will you? Now, in a, in a, in a free society, in a justice as opposed to punishment-based society, there may be some place for that when there's subjective response. But when we're talking about sort of an objective legal justice-based response, it's how do you make the victim whole, right? And and in these cases, you know, let's see, what are, what are we talking about? Um, because they, they want to... Uh, release people into the community who are no longer a threat. And if you haven't gotten the vaccine, you're a threat to the community. So uh, the crimes were uh, drug possession, criminal trespass, shoplifting, criminal contempt. Uh, that The judge said, showed he had placed his own interest above others. I mean, there's so much just logically wrong with this artificial concept of altruism, but also this uh, just absence of a sense of justice, right? So drug possession, not a crime, no victim, no crime. How do you make someone whole, right? Criminal trespass, that is a crime, right? If you violate someone else's property, it's a, it's a violation. But getting the vaccine, is, 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 is the person whose property was trespassed against, is it, they want, oh yes, I would feel so much better and made whole if you got the vaccine. I mean, if, if they would have a right to say, you know what, you caused $100, you know, $100 worth of damages or you caused us to have a security response that cost us, you know, $5,000 and blah, 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 and other expenses. But we'll forego that if you get a vaccine or if you do something else. Like, they, they, they can have the right to do that. The judge does not, though, right? And in, in, in cases like this, where there are real victims, they often have no voice whatsoever. And I've experienced that myself. Shoplifting, same thing, right? As the criminal trespass could be against an individual, but when we say shoplifting, it's generally against at least a store, right? Um, some kind of business. Carrie Espinosa talking about being tracked. That's blackmail. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> what's that about? Did you put that comment up? You didn't put that comment up. Jim's backstage. Um, while I'm, while I'm ranting about this important criminal justice concept, right? So in getting the vaccine, the judge argued Mr. Gregory would be doing the opposite. And so vaccination would represent a form of rehabilitation. Wow. Now, wow. Now, so, so you're, you're offended by this because there's, there's so much wrong with the premise of the oh, vaccine. Wow. But if you think about how, how sort of relatively petty the vaccine is among all the things the judges would have you do like community service or 
I don't know. What are the other dumb things? Wear an ankle bracelet. I, having done community know. service, I say it's rewarding. So depending on where you go, I suppose. But to, it's not. Know, it's not. It's never making the victim whole, right? Absolutely. And, not. and you're There's talking about going to a community service victim. Like it's not. It's often for like a food bank or a, a homeless shelter. So I guess you're making your community whole, but not the victim. Right. So, so yeah, and and generally, whatever you have to pay to the state, so it's, to the it's, it's a communalization of justice. Yeah, of debt almost, which is which is bullshit, which is uh, you know form of false attribution of responsibility, which is an excuse for government to fuck people over and in order to profit their sponsors. Right. Even in violent crimes, that Jim, you're going to have to pop me up. I can't. I have no control backstage. I'm just on a phone. But I think I told you while I was nine months pregnant. Hey, it works. Look at that cloth. It's nice. I like it. Um, no, when I was nine months pregnant, I was using a bathroom at a 7-Eleven and the owner, because there was no public bathrooms, but I was nine months pregnant and I did it anyway, kicked down the door at me. And I ended up pressing charges and he ended up going to court and he was found guilty and he had to pay the state X amount of dollars. And they were like, thanks. Thanks, Joey. Have a great day. That was yeah. it. nothing yeah. to make me whole for having to go through this experience of sitting in my pants down. Or even your time. And door getting kicked down. Or even, even your even time. time even if, even if, you, if you accept on the, in, 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 that there's a more abstract standard of conduct and behavior where like, what's your damages? You know, did you experience emotional trauma? Were you physically injured? Is there monetary damages? Monetary. Uh, but maybe but maybe you would Like if there was a, compact in your city or in an insurance organization or in some bigger voluntary system where you now get compensated for helping society maintain but it wouldn't be this abstract society be helping people in this system maintain that standard of conduct you know maybe it would be the business licensing insurance would say thank you for holding this customer of ours insurance accountable and showing us how he's a liability to us and sure. so you will be compensated like and if you had emotional distress and you could say no i had to go to a therapist or like this was emotionally disconcerting and in that society we that like and we should monetize i hate to say it makes me sound like a snowflake but in a sense we should monetize uh emotional distress and pain as, as something that is like, if you like, you can be victimized like, emotionally. That, that doesn't mean you got your feelings hurt because somebody used a term you don't like. No, 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 no. Let, let, let me give a very specific. You, let me know? give a very specific justice example. Let's say there's an accident, and I run over your foot, and your foot is broken, and you have to get medical treatment, and you have to spend time in the hospital, and you have to spend time taking care of your foot, and you have to spend time worrying about it, and you have to spend time not using your foot where you would have normal usage of your foot, right? So legally, what do I owe you? And hopefully it would be my insurance company, right, that would that would be responsible financially for this. But if it's me directly, what what are you owed as the victim here? Medical bills, absolutely. But should you be able to sue me for the time that you spend taking medication for the months following? Absolutely, yeah, no. I caused you to spend yeah, your you time. Yeah, but but there you would be, but... that that would be work. Like I would be paying you, you you are owed for your labor taking, that is now being, you are now being forced to use your time and energy to, to do medical, perform medical services on yourself because you would not have other. You are owed compensation for that time. You are also owed compensation for loss of use of your foot during that time. Sure. You know, and if you were going to run a marathon and win a million dollars, 
and I stopped you from doing that, then I owe you what that's worth. And there's a way to quantify that. You know, if you had a, if you had a one in four chance and, and a judge or an insurance arbiter would have to weigh it. Well, you had a one in four chance of winning this marathon. You would have top prize a million dollars. Okay. Well, then I owe you a quarter million dollars. Right. But here's the thing. I think, I think you should also be compensated for pain and emotional distress during that time. And, and it's, it, 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 it's, it's unfortunately sort of too subjective, but, but it can be quantified in at least in a ballpark sense of how much do you like, how much would you pay to avoid it? You know? And I know that there's a lot of weird bullshit, subjective stuff, but I want like, if we had a system oriented towards justice, towards making victims whole, like when you're, when you are, and this would provide the appropriate incentive to not fuck with people like this. Cops being held to account for the same standard of you yeah. you cause damages to another person, you have to make that victim whole. That's what we're talking about. That's what real justice is. So anyway, back to the story. Joey, like that they're requiring vaccines for petty shit like this. You're not surprised, are you? Because there's already we are so divorced. From well, that concept of concept of justice, media, right? So that you made it. Yeah, sort of. Right. Well, yeah, it was that, or, or we're gonna force you to go to jail, right? Yeah. I, that's that's a whole other another level of victimization, and 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 is 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 punishing somebody by victimizing them any better than them victimizing the person that they are in court being punished for? Right, you know, take your COVID vitamins. Um, all right, so. From CNBC.com, FDA grants full approval to Pfizer, BioNTech's COVID shot clearing path to more vaccine mandates. This is the big headline about vaccines today. I thought that legal discussion was actually more important to see, like, where are we and put this in context for you guys' practical knowledge and to know that this is a threat you got to face. I guess I should, I, should, I should wrap up that last story with a little more practical point, which is that if you face these these uh, circumstances if you are in trouble with the law i, I mean i oh, stepping back i hate to say this but i'm kind of afraid to go out these days and i'm not afraid of like you know i don't say i'm afraid i'm afraid I don't, I don't live in fear uh but just doing a rational threat analysis of like like i don't want to go to concerts like i don't i don't want to like i don't want to yeah i miss you that night yeah, yeah, I don't, but I don't want to go to places where there are going to be a lot of cops. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go places where there are going to be crowds. Shit's stupid these days. Right? So, like, I don't, Rock Landstone, always with good comments, you and me both, Adam. Yeah. So, part of this is not like an irrational fear. And I, I still go out, Joey. Like, I mean, I fly, we go to events, we've been going to libertarian things, we've been going to, probably went to public cannabis protest in mississippi you know uh, it, it's and there you know i'm staring down the cops smoking pot in public but like the the incentive has changed you know like honestly i am i feel that there's some rational like I, there's something else that i want to rush into and i want to love through more powerfully than before i suppose but I, i'm also feeling sort of shrunk off from the world a little bit withdrawn rational in in, in a, a specific way of being cautious and one of them is that the because government i mean mainly the government's out of control and the legal system is it could, could, could like you know 
a, a lot of the civil disobedience that I did before never carried with it the threat of, and you might be forced to get the vaccine. There's a there's a very, very real possibility today that if I was doing all of the civil disobedience that I've done in the past and had been going around to all the jails that I've been to in different times, that at some point it would have been like, no, nah, we're not going to let you in or out or whatever process or something without getting a vaccine. Or we're just going to force it. We're gonna, you're going to be strapped down. We're going to give it to you. Like, I it's just. That's sick. That, that, like. They made movies about that in the 80s that made you scared to go to the doctor. And like, well, now it's happening? Like, well, I, there's a proxy for this already, right? Shit. Hold on. I've refused. You know the stories, mm. right? I re- I've refused medical treatment in jail before under under the similar threat where it's if you don't get, what is it? Oh, my gosh. The, uh, the shot, tuberculosis test, the TB test. You get a little shot in your yeah, arm under the skin, too. right? And you got to sit in solitaire yeah. for three days, you know. You guys said the whole for me it was, it was the whole time to stay in, in medical isolation, which is great. I didn't mind. Uh, medical solitary. Three days. This and then they let you to jail. They let me in because you were coughing after three days. I guess. I, I have no idea what the difference was, but uh, I got to I got to rest for three days. So it's it's <laughs> it's already a feature of going to jail in America pre-COVID that you have to refuse medical treatment to assert your rights to not have unnecessary needles put in your body. You think you think that's gotten better or worse in the last year and a half? A lot worse. And I, I, I it makes me that, like, I, I'm happy to kind of be the old man on the hill up here in Gardenia at this point. You know, I mean, I do want to go back to man on the street videos in Vegas. We get to the next level of organization with the but, show. Do, well, I, I had to get medical attention at the concert the other day. My blood sugar dropped and I had a legitimate fear sitting right there that, you have a that COVID was going to come up, that, that somebody was going to ask me about something. And like, I'm like consciously like, don't cough, Joey, don't cough late. And I just smoke copious amounts of weed. So coughing was definitely a thing that was not, I, I was, I was legitimate. It, it, it wasn't a problem, but right on the front of my mind. And I saw them do it. So my father was still alive. I think it was 2016 or 17. Was it the pig flu that was going through then? There was something going through that maybe anthrax. I don't know. But he had a respiratory issue. It's before we knew that he had the cancer. And then he got lightheaded and had to sit on the curb and, and had a moment. And they fought with him because he was denying medical attention. They're like, no, we want to test you for anthrax or whatever, whatever the COVID was back then. It was some other scary it, it was an issue. And luckily, my father, retired police officer, just wasn't yeah, having that so, shit. Yeah. He was able to get around it. But had it's it been, to assert himself. Right. To, had it been a normal person, that's that. They would have forcibly taken that person in and treated them for something that wasn't an issue. And, yeah, that's terrifying. Mo- and most people are easily bullied, yeah. especially by people in uniform. Anyway, so... The mainstream big headline, though, on COVID today is the FDA granting full approval to the Pfizer shot and it's Pfizer slash BioNTech. The FDA uh, may move may encourage some unvaccinated Americans to get the shots as well as give more private businesses across the nation greater confidence to Im- implement vaccine mandates. The thing is, I don't think anybody is going to be encouraged by this. Oh, the FDA said it was OK. Well, I guess now I must be safe. Um, or this one, this is the one they're going with. But there, there may be some argument for if this is the first one being a, 
proved that uh, that, that it's safer than the others. I'm not going to play the game, uh, you know, trying to analyze each of these. But if you if you are in a situation where, uh, again, I I mean, I, I don't you, you I, I mean I'm still grappling with this from the interview with Mike Adams from from Thursday right if you didn't watch that please go back and see it mikeadamsnaturalnews.com and I can definitely see that there is a global super class the several hundred or thousand most powerful people in the world the real string pullers the people who sit in the boardrooms of Vanguard and BlackRock and own the majority of corporate assets in the United States and in in the world and uh, of the mainstream media and big pharma and they own most governments and, and, and parliaments and congresses around the world even. And, and there are, within that superclass, a certain number who are eugenicists who do want to reduce the human population on Earth. That's just their vision. That's Thanos. And Thanos said nothing wrong. Uh, there is, there is a, but there is a thing that we have to take into consideration here. That that maybe that those people are winning within the superclass. Maybe the majority of people in the super class are relatively benign. I mean, they all have to be psychopaths to one degree or another to maintain that level of wealth and power and still maintain all the obvious problems of the world because they are maintaining systems and, and, and phenomena of mass human suffering in order to maintain their wealth, power, and institutional authority in the world today. So there's there's a certain undeniable amount of psychopathy in that. But are they all eugenicists? Or are some of them relatively benign on that count? Or do they all? And see, this is this is maybe this is the next we need to find an interview, uh, a guest to uh to really tease this out among the super class. How many of them just want the power for themselves? Just enjoy being on top and and exercising that uh versus how many of them really want to shape the world to some crazy vision i guess in a sense they they all must have some crazy vision how many of them now and so so a lot of them no i'd say i'd say all of them are are the kind of psychopaths who don't care about your life right your life compared to their vision for humanity so they'll kill you in a heartbeat they don't care. So engineering society to fit their vision, to, to at least maintain their power, they are absolutely willing to engage in. They don't care about your life. They don't care about the lives of the the, 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 the stinking masses, whatever it is, the, the, what, however it is they want to speak about the rest of us. What is it? The, the teeming, seeming, stinking masses of humanity. Huddled, right? Huddled masses. huddled masses. They have to be huddled. Bringing, bringing them all of them. Um, all of them. This is scary. You know, like, 
this really is, and I've been thinking about this over the weekend. You know, what is the significance of this? Are they coming after me personally? Would they? Would they come after anybody then who's effective? Why is Mike Adams allowed to so loudly proclaim this? We have a story from him for some perspective on this at the end of our, our blog. But now uh, private businesses might have greater confidence to implement mandates if it's an FDA-approved medication. But when in the past have you been able to mandate medications still very limited and, and this obviously is a major expansion and there is there is a kind of legal testing ground hopefully some walls that they run up into that at least will protect uh our ability to opt out indefinitely from the associated press apnews.com mask vaccine conflicts descend into violence and harassment the Hawaii lieutenant governor watched in horror as protesters showed up outside his condo, yelled at him through bullhorns and beamed strobe lights into the building to harass him over vaccine requirements. A parent in Northern California barged into his daughter's elementary school and punched a teacher in the face <laughs> over mask rules. At a school in Texas, a parent ripped off a mask off, ma- ripped a mask off a teacher's face during a meet the teacher event. Jesus. A Missouri hospital leader was approached in a parking garage this week by a man from Alabama who handed him papers accusing him of crimes against humanity. And it was not the only in your face encounter over vaccines and masks. School board members, county commissioners, doctors, and local leaders are regularly confronted at meetings and in public with angry taunts that compare them to the Taliban. Nazi, well, that would be a compliment to compare them to the Taliban. You're like the Taliban. You're like the rebels who just defeated the empire. Nazis, Marxists, and leaders in Japanese internment camps. So what they're talking about is that anti-vaccine, anti-mask demonstrations taking scary and violent turns all over the nation. And and you look at the, the, the headline is the conflicts ascended to violence and harassment. But who are the bad guys? If you're anti-vaccine, if you're anti-mask, you're the bad guys. All of these examples. Everybody's a bad guy. But they don't. No, no, they don't. They don't demonize like we've been watching bad cop videos for like for 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 a year and a half of, and it hasn't been that bad overall. I don't want to say that like oh my gosh, cops are going out enforcing COVID regulations. A lot, a lot of it's security guards. We saw a kid getting choked out and dropped to the floor for not wearing a mask, trying to get a with their escort him. Yeah, Australia's had some really there. bad. Is that, is, that the guy, is that the one that died? Somebody oh, died. He dropped to the floor. Yeah, we've seen a lot of like uh, stuff like that. A lot of it's a lot of those videos are coming out of Australia where police are really, really yeah, out of control. But uh, in the United States, it, they, they don't. The mandates are all backed up by violence. People know that, and they look at this like. Oh, well, there's this fringe resistance, and we're going to make sure that that's highlighted. That's the violence. No, get a little perspective, please, AP. CNBC.com. Speaking of lack of perspective, Donald Trump. Yeah, Donald Trump. Date boldly pro-vaccine. Trump booed at Alabama rally after telling supporters to get vaccinated. Is this is this going to finally get you guys to, to what, get, get off the Trump train? Savior. 
All those gun please, laws are so Republican. Please. And the vaccines, too. Get off the Trump train. Stop. Get off the Trump train. I can't even put my fake Republican hat on and take him seriously. And I don't understand how the masses are. Donald Trump. Pro-vaccine. Pro-vaccine. From the beginning. And and it's, it's crazy to see how so many Trump supporters were skeptical because Trump was skeptical at first. And then, well, Trump went totally pro-COVID mythology. What do you have to say about, oh, well, he didn't have a choice. Oh, so he's useless. So he's he's bullyable too. So he has he has and he has no spine. He has no fortitude. He's he's no ability to stand up to the people he claims to have be, been like. Oh yeah, we're gonna take down the deep state unless they come at me with uh, COVID shit. Bloomberg at MSN.com. The vaccinated are worried, and scientists don't have answers. And it may so anecdotes sells what data can't. Vaccinated people appear to be getting the coronavirus at a surprisingly high rate, but exactly how often isn't clear, nor is it certain how likely they are to spread the virus to others. Though it is evident vaccination still provides powerful protection against the virus, there's growing concern that vaccinated people may be more vulnerable to serious illness than previously thought. Now, this article goes on to generally reinforce the mythology, and and this might be true to a certain extent, that the vaccines do provide some protection against death or hospitals. Joey, have you, yeah, have, have I, you I pulled this one apart? Not a vaccine. Well, I, I know, but that's the, the, the term vaccine. Sorry, it means something else. Now. It does. It, it does. Sorry, they, they, changed the they changed the definition. Vaccine is so more inclusive. Now I'm wrong. Yeah. I'm, so what? How do how do you and I, as educated consumers within the medical industry, know whether we're getting that? What we know traditionally as a vaccine, something that's going to prevent us from uh, contracting a virus, like uh, it's it, it's so inclusive. Do we need to create a new word now? Well, with the treatment, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess we're just calling them COVID vaccines or mRNA vaccines because all of a sudden everyone is is super, you know, smart about this and like it wants to pay attention to all these different things. Speaking of which, the next threat, well, one more sort of point for the American experience, and then we'll do the international thing here. Uh, WSBTV.com. This is about the sort of lack of confidence in authority, and I wonder if the fear is going to drive people to be more subservient or if the inability of the authorities to deal with this fear is going to lead to an erosion of their authority, right? That's the kind of interesting turning point I see us at with this. So WSBTV.com, more than 23,000 Metro Atlanta students in quarantine weeks into school year. And I mean, I just go like, holy shit, if you're not homeschooling your kids, you're you're still sending your kids to government for the education, I'm sorry, like just that, that that that's child abuse at this point, isn't it? To to send to to knowingly send your children to spend all day, five days a week with with abusers, whether it's intentional or not, it doesn't matter. This this is abusive. What they what gov- if, if what government is doing to adults in terms of the back and forth and the gaslighting. And, and the censorship and the denial of open conversation around this and the denial of responsibility for vaccine companies, 
all of that, all the, the lies, the back and forth, the manipulation that, that, that just go on and on. It, it's abusive. Like by, by any definition, you would tell someone to get out of a relationship. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we've all seen the memes and you go, Oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you haven't seen them. There's some great memes out there. They go signs. You're in an abusive relationship. And then it's like, yeah, this is in, this is our government. Oh yeah. That's government. Well, what they're doing to kids. Of course. Yeah, psychologically. I, I, they're a lot more fragile and they're conditioning, you know, a generation of Americans this way. Another point in America, sorry, one more Washington post at MSN.com vaccine resistance in the military remains strong. A dilemma for Pentagon as mandate looms the Pentagon's effort to mandate coronavirus vaccination for all 1.3 million active duty service members will continue to face resistance from a segment of the force troops and observers say, until military leaders devise an effective strategy for countering pervasive doubt about the pandemic's seriousness and widespread misinformation about the shots designed to bring it under control. Now, since this started, I've told a silly story about that day in boot camp where we get, you know, 10 shots in a row. Like, you know, it's no big this one time in boot camp. Yes, thank you, dear. Yeah. Uh, but so we all sign up and like give our bodies to the government and joining the military. The fact that there's such a, a strong divide in the military over the vaccines at this point it is, is it to me is very interesting because I would have thought, oh, we're in the military you already gave up your your right to bodily autonomy. Is it one more vaccine? New thing. We're just going to add it to the regiment. Bet your ass, no one's resisting this in boot camp. If they're giving it to everybody who goes through boot camp today. You just walk through that line, and it's one more jab in in the series. You, oh yeah, you get a COVID vaccine too. All right. And another one. But for the active duty troops resisting this, it would suggest that even among the most obedient of our society, there is a strong inclination to question authority and ability to do it and have confidence in doing it like never before. And it's a big part of the uh, the internet effect. The Sydney Morning Herald, to get around the world, this is a crazy story that was going super viral. Rescue dogs shot dead by New South Wales Council due to COVID-19 restrictions. Jesus and, and this Christ. is uh, New South Wales, Australia, one of the places that has been really just super fucking nuts. What? They are out of control over there. Let's get to the story here. Several impounded dogs due to be re rescued by a shelter have instead been shot dead by a rural council in New South Wales under its interpretation of COVID-19 restrictions, alarming animal activists and prompting a government probe. Oh my God, was... Berkshire Council in the state's northwest killed the dogs to prevent volunteers at a Cobar-based animal shelter from traveling to pick up the animals last week. To prevent people from traveling oh my God. dogs. Yeah. OLG has been informed that the council decided to take this course of action to protect its employees and community, including vulnerable Aboriginal populations. Oh, we got to do it for the Aborigines. They're so afraid of COVID from the risk of COVID-19 transmission. I would argue uh, the Aborigines are doing just fine right now and I, I probably wonder, don't want drugs. I, I, I wonder when they keep saying the agency did it, the council did it, like, we think of COVID as the excuse for everybody to do whatever they want, or for a lot of people to do things you know that they didn't have the excuse for before. You're a sick government asshole and you want to kill some dogs? COVID. 
Uh, yeah. All they had to do was raid the place for weed, and they could have just shot the dogs the way yeah. they always do. <laughs> yeah, so they got no response. Uh, the Herald, the the, the the newspaper here, trying to contact the uh, the, the council. Um, a source familiar with the arrangements of the shelter volunteers were distressed and had COVID safe measures in place to handle the dogs, one of which was a new mother. Oh my God. Like what the fuck, you know? And, and so it's nice to see that there is a certain level of accountability in government that when something crazy like this happens, there, there is an investigation underway. Um, But the, the shooting, like, really, like, it's not even, like, shot. Not not lethal injection, not humanely put to sleep. And, I mean, I guess, yeah, you can humanely shoot a dog, obviously. But, wow. Like, this is not, like, if, if a dog's dying, or they shoot a horse, you know, like, when, when they got a broken leg and that's it, like, they're just going to die. Um, make it less painful for them. But that's not what this is. Uh, D. Vincent W. This makes me awful mad. Awful fucking mad, my dog. Max was shot in my front yard when I was 14. Yeah. Um, so. You, my cat's tail got slammed in the door when I was eight, and I was ready to kill somebody. And we're just shooting dogs like this around kids, and like that's that's the system. And that's all over the world. That's not an American phenomenon. Like, that's a global issue. So hopefully, hopefully we'll have a follow-up on this one. There'll be some accountability. Now to France, where they're teaching us how to be American again. French virus health pass in full use, but protests keep going. And I mean, I, I, this is where I'm like, do I live in a city? Do I rush to a city? I mean, I don't live in a city. Do I live in a city? I should. I know the answer to that. I do not, because real libertarians don't live in cities. But like, I remember, you know, Joey, we went to. The protests in Phoenix, right? Like early last year, uh, against mask mandates for Arizona. And do I do I want to fight that, or do I want to just enjoy living in Gardenia and and just occasionally traipse into Babylon for sundries and be able to return to paradise? And not have to worry about that shit. Do I want to fight? Do I want to protest? Do I want to do it, or do I want to sidestep things and show other people how to sidestep things? I mean, of course, it can be both, various combinations of both. But I look at I don't I don't want to be in a city protesting like face to face with cops anymore. Here's the These paradox. scenes are so dumb. With the shadow banning and all, like yeah, you can live the way that we live and show people how to avoid these things, right? by by being an inspiration to them like but how do they see it with the shadow bands without being in the city without like how do they get inspired like therein lies the absolute paradox in this so in a way you have to go out and protest but while you're there you have to be very conscientious of getting in people's ears about most effective for pulling people out right yeah about look man we can just avoid this let me show you how i've been doing it for years right like maybe that's the answer is is getting amongst the protesters i think we just need to go into the matrix long enough to pull out neo that's it are you old enough to get that reference everybody 
I was trying to come up with a pun, yeah. and I just I got to draw the blanks. Right yeah. Now. Oh, that's kind of the, the person who will save us from the vaccine is probably someone who's got the vaccine. You know, someone with a with all the 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 tube connections in the back of their their spine and their head to be plugged into the matrix that's it we got to go and plug some people thousands marched saturday in cities across france to protest the covid 19 health pass that is now required to access restaurants and cafes cultural venues sports arenas and long distance travel ed vallejo weighing in between winslow and gardenia enjoy living with the minimum amount of contact with humans i enjoy animal contact so much more humans are animals Who's the worst kind? Incognito on YouTube. Well, what? No. No. All right. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Well, Rock, it's easy to. No. What? no. What's going on? It's easy on? to seduce large swaths of people with fake patriotism based on a line, get them to go frothing for war. Same thing happened with Pearl Harbor. All an illusion to have conflict, yes. For a sixth straight Saturday, opponents denounce what they see as a restriction of their freedom. Many criticized the measure, claiming the French government was implicitly making vaccines obligatory. So there, we might have a day of protest coming up. 9-11, actually, very much looking forward to this. By the way, this weekend also we're going to be in, where are we, dear? What, somewhere in Colorado? Uh, the, up near Denver. Lake, near Denver. Lake something. Some lake. Uh, uh, some lake. We some will be lake at some lake. In Colorado. Um, Celebrating Libertarian Party 50th anniversary. A celebration of freedom. Yeah. Well, what's left of it? No, but it's, there's something about Paris, you know, sort of geographically located in the center of France, right? That it, it makes sense as like it, 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 the people of France can have that as a venue for protesting. Everybody can come in. It's like, yes, every Saturday until they stop this fuckery, we're going to come into Paris. We're going to protest this. It makes sense that, that, Given what these threats are at the national level, that the I mean, the French have a better geography of a country for protesting at the capital, like in the United States, you know, D.C. is like just sort of out of a day's drive, even for for most of the population. Oh. And so for most of us, it's like we're, we're going to state capitals on the same day. We're going to go to D.C. one day. Like I, I, I kind of be like America. Maybe we're over the protesting in, in terms of. You know, I, well, you Black know, Lives Matter was was the last said, like major national. What I said, and when did that happen? What I said in the beginning of this whole COVID mess, because if you will recall, mm. in January, February, December, November, like those in 2019 going into 2020, the world took to the streets. I mean, everybody was out, and it was all about freedom. And one way or the other, what well, like around when we were doing the Phoenix one? Oh no, 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 no! Prior, prior to that, I'm talking like November, late 2019 into 2020, pre-COVID. Oh, so everybody's out on the streets. There's positive things happening, like like people are just Hong Kong, yeah, France, freaking Egypt. America, BLM was going on, really picking up speed then. Which, Pre-George Floyd. Pre-George. No, I'm talking after George Floyd. I'm talking right before COVID. And then the powers that be said, oh, there's a virus. All you protesters that are being positive and making change, go the fuck back in your house or you're going to die. One way or the other. We're going to shoot you or we're going to pretend you get this scary fake virus, whichever one you want to believe. I think that part of the... the, 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 the George Floyd was May 25, 2020. Oh, George Floyd. I was thinking um, 
the Baltimore one, the Baltimore kid, Freddie Gray. That's my okay, yeah, yeah. Way back. I was like, no, not him. Spine um, broken and killed in the yeah, in George custody. Floyd, the one that was killed in custody. Um, it, it's it's terrible that I get everybody mixed up. There's so many. so many people. How do we keep all these police murder victims straight? Yeah, but I wondered right at the beginning of COVID if they were doing this whole pandemic scare. Again, I believe the virus mm. is real. I don't believe it's as, as extreme as they're making it out to be, but they shut everybody down. I think they were shutting protests. I think that was one of the, one of the incentives. One, one of the, the incentives. incentives. They like got everybody inside and they halted that momentum. Well, those imagine if they get to suppress all protests except the ones they want to let through. So, um, in France, it's been ever, six straight Saturday. Opponents announced what they see as restriction of their freedom. Many criticized the measure, claiming the French government was implicitly making vaccines obligatory in Paris. Four demonstrations were organized by different groups, and over 200 protests were taking place elsewhere in French cities and towns. Last week, more than 200,000 marchers turned out. See, I think in the United States, our government managers are better at keeping us from having a sort of singular point of protest. If they suddenly came out with a national policy, then we might protest that. But they they, they do use it with the, the states and they're sneakier about it. Anyway, in Vietnam, according to Reuters, Vietnam deploys troops to enforce COVID lockdown in largest city, Ho Chi Minh City epicenter of Delta-driven outbreak. Authorities Tightened lockdown in city, no going out even for food. Vietnam deploys military to help with food distribution. Just 1.8% of people in Vietnam fully vaccinated against COVID-19. That's crazy. Yeah, this is why they're, they're using this as an example. Only 1.8% of the population there has been vaccinated, whereas in the U.S. it's still around 50%. NPR dot org highly vaccinated israel has seen a dramatic surge in new COVID cases here's why what it comes down to you'll see number one immunity from vaccine dips over time two the delta variant broke through the vaccines waning protection three if you get infected being vaccinated helps four israel's high vaccination rate isn't high enough if you don't the, the beatings will continue until morale improves number five vaccination vaccinations are key but they are not enough you must submit to the science. Number six, booster shots offer more protection if you are one of the world's lucky few to get them. Charlotte Observer, MSN.com, Delta is surging, but is another variant on the way. Here's what to know about Lambda. Yeah, we're on Lambda already. Skipped ahead. New variants. And there's all, all these, again, be, wow. oh, I'm going to be an expert on viruses now. Like, did you care about the variations in the flu every year? You know, but now because it's COVID, it's like, well, you know, this variant and this variant, and this variant, track this. And like all and the the lack of perspective, and it's just you watch a lot of TV, don't you? And I wonder if myself, I'm being misled into this. But there's so many people who are just like being led to ignore this tragedy, ignore this tragedy, ignore these bigger problems. Pay attention to this. Be an expert on this. Know the difference between this variant and that variant. So here's from Newstarget.com. This is Mike Adams. Health authorities are pushing booster shot extermination plans to hurry and kill the masses before they fully awaken to the COVID scam. And again, this is where like I, Mike takes the, I don't want to say the extreme position, but that full side of the spectrum of, of the worst 
possible m- motivations and conspiracies of the, of the super class. Um, that COVID, the COVID nineteen vaccine specifically is not just so. Like, as there, there, there's sort of a spectrum of possibilities here, where one end is, well, the vaccine's going to kill a bunch of people, but th- that's not what they're trying to do. They're just trying to make money. They don't really care about your lives. But they, they, that's so they, they that's why they got the protection, you know, for qualified immunity that for 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 uh, the pharmaceuticals that they can't get sued if someone has vaccine injuries, et cetera, et cetera. That that and, and but it's just benign. And if people die, we don't really care. We don't want them to die because we want to live off of them. So we want them to live and be able to buy more of our vaccines in the future. But we just that that we don't care if they die. There's that that versus. Oh no, we're we're we designed the vaccines to slowly kill people through blood clots, and we want as many people to die as possible from this. We know it's not going to be 100, percent but we're the eugenicists who want population of earth down to like 10 percent of what it is right now so this is how we're doing it and you go well uh it, it and it, it's not one or the other <clears throat> because it could be that there is an actual battle in the super class between you know like uh, do which one are we which one of these are we gonna you know which one of these sides of the spectrum is going to be more dominant in determining what actually happens? So, if it's even on, if, so so I'm I don't know I've 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 been mostly on the relatively benign side of the spectrum, but after talking to Mike Adams Thursday, he's really pulling me in this direction. This is why I started the show asking the question, you know, how many of the superclass of those string pullers are uh, you know, deliberate eugenicists and applying that to this and going, well, let's tweak it a little bit this way. Well, let's send out the bad vaccine here. Well, what if we, well, there's this one vaccine that has a higher death rate. What if we send it to the black people that we don't like over there or the brown people in that other country, right? Uh, Joey, do you want, you want to give Elizabeth a call? Does she have to swear down? She is in my inbox. We are All already right. on it. All right. So again, to Mike Adams. Uh, health authorities are pushing booster shot extermination plans to hurry and kill the masses before they fully awaken. Yeah. Biden, this is from uh, NBCnews.com, kind of transitioning into our Afghanistan headline, right? Biden's job ratings decline amid COVID surge, Afghanistan withdrawal in NBC News poll, summer of discontent. Biden's overall job approval falls below 50% for the first time. While just 25% approve of his handling of Afghanistan. After a spike in U.S. COVID-19 cases and bipartisan criticism over the chaos from America's withdrawal from Afghanistan, Biden's job approval has dipped below 50% among adults for the first time in his early presidency, according to a new NBC News poll. Bull also finds fewer Americans support Biden's handling of the coronavirus and the economy now than they did last spring, and just a quarter of respondents approve of his handling of Afghanistan. The survey findings demonstrate the public has grown more pessimistic about the coronavirus since April. The country remains split over whether COVID-19 vaccines should be mandated, and an electorate is divided over which political party should control Congress after the 2022 midterms. It's all produced a summer of discontent for Biden. So what do we do? 
Make them remember why they need us. Drudge Impel of Drudge Report next. DrudgeReport.com. Drudge Report used to be not just a, an aggregator of the mainstream media, but of counter narratives as well. And over the last few years, I think that he's been compromised, threatened, taken over something, because now the Drudge Report is just an aggregator of the mainstream media. It used to be you could do a good news show, a good fun talk show, sourcing nothing other than what you would find from the Drudge Report. And he links to other news stories, obviously. But now I, I could not do this show in good conscience looking up the just looking up the drudge report without the producers club giving me a counterweight so occasionally i have to point out just how bad the drudge report has has fallen from an honest news aggregator to uh a purveyor of propaganda and actually uh an exacerbator of it so we've got this headline top front center drudge report isis returns and it's got the scary looking arab dude with the AK across him and sort of militant Afghan or, or traditional Muslim garb, right? And then you click on the link, and the link takes you to the Wall Street Journal, WSJ.com. Not exactly the greatest source of, of journalism to question authority. And you go back to, you know, there's some of their coverage at the beginning of the war in Iraq and Afghanistan and 9-11. You go, yeah, no shit. But here's what's so scary about, or just so dumb and, and really pathetic about the Drudge Report taking this to the Taliban returns, right? Uh, or I Sorry, ISIS returns. Because it's not that ISIS has returned, uh, except they, they, they have one leader. We'll get, to, we'll get to a couple stories that are related to this. But the headline from Wall Street Journal is, U.S. warns, warns of Islamic State threat to Americans in Afghanistan. It's like if you empower a government to fight your imaginary enemies, you will find yourself in a world full of monsters that are very expensive to fight. And if we trust the government to just, oh, well, they warned us, so this must be a real threat. No, no. They, like At least make them conduct false flags. Don't let them just lie to you into into another re-engagement in Afghanistan, another war. So evacuation ever continues amid chaos outside the Kabul airport where U.S. forces are set up to stop potential attacks. Uh, the U.S. warned that Islamic State poses a threat to Americans in Afghanistan as the Biden administration seeks to evacuate thousands of U.S. citizens and Afghan allies. And this is Jake Sullivan, President Biden's national security advisor, told CNN Sunday, the threat is real, it is acute, it is persistent, and it is something we are forced, uh, focused on with every tool in our arsenal. President Biden, speaking from the White House, said, we know that terrorists may seek to exploit the situation and target innocent Afghans or American troops. We're main maintaining constant vigilance to monitor and disrupt threats from any source. Sounds like they've got their excuse now to escalate militarily, possibly all over the region. You know, you think about how the super class or the string pullers, the military industrial complex types might have seen this opportunity. Hey, guys, continuing Afghanistan the way we have, this is untenable at this point. 
it's too unpopular. We can't. Biden will never get reelected if if he keeps the, the war in Afghanistan going this way. But but if we end it like this, we can make a bigger mess and splatter ISIS everywhere, whether it's real or imagined, and use that as the excuse for engagement in a bunch of other countries. So this, I don't want to make this as a prediction, but it seems like a possibility that the powers that be are pursuing, and that should be scary enough, right? That they're going to use the chaos ensuing, right? That they engineered from the way they're pulling out of Afghanistan and twisting the knife as they pull it out to to, to invade and occupy more countries. And I don't think they're going to get away with it because the, the lessons of, of, of history are too clear at this point, even for, for average American people. But you never know how beaten down people are with COVID, emotionally submissive with, with other psychological stressors uh, being foisted on us right now. It's, 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 it, it really looks like they are setting themselves up for a re-engagement, that unless we magically rise up as the American people, in the next few years and somehow defeat the military industrial complex itself and really uproot it, then you're going to see it or the system as it is today, use this mess in Afghanistan to escalate in other countries. Cron.com with a story from the Washington Post, U.S. evacuations from Afghanistan face new roadblocks as Taliban co-founder arrives in Kabul. Um, so anyway, th- there's a lot more about the logistics challenges about this that I'm not going to get into yahoo.com. The Taliban warned of consequences if the U S extends its military presence in Afghanistan beyond the August 31 deadline. A Taliban spokesperson said that extending the U S withdrawal deadline could provoke a reaction. The warning comes, came after Biden said the U S could extend its August 31 deadline. To help the evacuation scenes of chaos and terror unfolded at Kabul airport after the Taliban seized power. And again, to like to blame the Taliban for that is is so just uh, journalistically irresponsible to say scenes of chaos and terror have unfolded at Kabul airport after the Taliban seized power. It should be you know, scenes of chaos and terror. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, that's not un fair necessarily yeah chaos and terror sure uh have unfolded at kabul airport after the united states failed to provide appropriate plans for leaving the country like for taking allies with them no shit to say oh it's because the because the talent no it's because someone who represents the people of afghanistan as opposed to the, the the oppressive foreign invader are in charge now um so yeah that's what they're threatening uh, consequences a reaction we'll see i hope not cnbc.com this is a little more on the details at the kabul airport deadly firefight erupts at kabul airport as evacuation chaos continues into second week the last week at kabul's airport saw images of desperation as mothers handed their babies to foreign soldiers over barbed wire walls and Afghan civilians clung to airplanes as they took off in desperate attempts to flee their country. So a firefight broke out in the chaos at Kabul's Hamid Karzai International Airport early Monday morning as foreign forces continued to... How much you want to bet that airport gets renamed? The people of Afghanistan... Yeah, our foreign puppet president, Hamid Karzai. Yeah, let's keep our airport named after that guy. 
One Afghan security personnel was killed. Three others wounded when the firefight erupted between Afghan security forces and unknown attackers, the official account of the German Joint Forces Operations Command said in a tweet Monday. The German military also said that American and German forces involved in the progression of the fighting, but that all the German forces on the ground were unharmed. The last week at Kabul's airport saw images of desperation. Yeah. Anyway, this is, sorry, this is a, why is that repeated here? Oh, anyway, yeah. Crazy to see that that's what's happening on the ground there. But predictable, very predictable. The sun.com, this is what I told you was that related story coming up about ISIS. No shame. U.S. most wanted Al-Qaeda terrorists. All these terrorism groups, they, they're, they're all friendly overlapping. We confuse them all. We don't care. ISIS, Islamic State, ISIL, Al-Qaeda, the Taliban. Who cares? Doesn't matter. Uh, one of America's most wanted terrorists with a $5 million bounty on his head has reappeared in Kabul as Taliban leaders gathered to map out the future of the war-torn country. Al-Qaeda terrorist Khalil Haqqani pledged a new era for Afghanistan as he was seen leading prayers for Taliban fighters at a mosque in the Afghan capital on Friday in front of adoring fans. And so I, I just want to point this out to like just change perspective for a second. Because they, they want, let's see, well, here. The Akhanis have been blamed for some of the deadliest terrorist attacks across the world in recent years, claiming the lives of civilians, government officials, and foreign forces. They have been designated a foreign terrorist group by the U.S., and the jihadists are also under U.N. sanctions. Uh, but who, who do they take out, right? The, 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 the empire, uh, forces of the empire that have been oppressing the people of Afghanistan for the past two freaking decades? So that he comes back to adoring fans. What they want you to believe with this story is that, oh my gosh, the Taliban has gotten the people so crazy that now a, a terrorist who is so bad that he has a $5 million bounty is being celebrated in the streets and, and, and not see that, oh yeah, well, well, this guy must have, like, why? Like, ask, ask why? And, and, and you'll see that even in this case, uh, you have someone who is, is an enemy of the United States, an enemy of the not an enemy of the empire, and clearly a friend of the people of Afghanistan. It looks like our guest is unreachable today, but don't worry, we have plenty of news to cover. So Marine Corps Times. Remember the Marines? Remember the flag raising? We're, we, you know, we, 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 the Marine Corps, we are the ones that raised the flag at Iwo Jima during the great WWII military culture. This is great. I love this. I love this. Taliban photo appears to mock Iwo Jima flag raising in latest propaganda push. Yep. The Taliban's media wing has wasted little time releasing droves of new propaganda in the wake of its ascension to power. In one particular image released this week, members of the Taliban's Badri 313 Battalion appeared to mock Joe Rosenthal's iconic 1945 image of the flag raising atop Mount Suribachi during the Battle of Iwo Jima. In the Taliban image, fighters belonging to the Badri 313 which some are calling the Taliban's elite commando unit, are shown wearing full camo uniforms 
combat boots, tactical gear, and night vision goggles. Similar photographs released in recent days show Taliban fighters carrying weapons and equipment issued by the United States or allied nations, including M4 carbines and what appear to be Trijicon Advanced Combat Optical Gun Sights, or ACOGs. And it's actually, that was top-of-the-line shit back when I was in Iraq. I remember we had ACOGs on our rifles. Uh, there's got to be better shit now. But actually, I like this photo. It's very well done. Troops are well-dressed, well-armed, well-uniformed. ACOGs, flag going up. Um, are they mocking it, or are they are they like recreating it in a way to recognize the visual power of a, a group of armed men taking a mountain and planting their flag on it? And that the Joe Rosenthal iconic photograph of 1945 was just such a beautiful visual representation. We want to reference that with our own propaganda. The images are a noticeable departure from traditional depictions of Taliban fighters who seldom appeared with heavy weaponry or in full military garb. Spoils left behind by the Afghan army. Yeah. Uh, so for a lot of them, as they've said, it's kind of a status symbol to have um, um, American equipment or the high-tech military equipment for some of these rebel groups. Um, but I, I want to... Um, point out one last thing here about them getting this together uh in an august 17 video shared to twitter depicting the badri 313 fighters kari saeed kosti a well-known pro-taliban social media influencer claimed that the afghanistan-based detachment is merely in kabul to ensure peace and i actually think this is a beautiful example of the internet effect because it's first bringing the Taliban in to like show their strength and to show, oh, look, we have all this American military equipment. But next, it's being used to hold them to account. And I saw this thing on Twitter. I didn't get a chance to verify it. But it was saying that there was a, uh, sorry, we got a producer note here, uh, that there were Spanish diplomats being held by the Taliban and a an Arab-speaking Pepe the Frog account on Twitter was the one that successfully negotiated their release. What? And I, I, I didn't look at it, but, but the thing is, the fact that they're on social media the it's way great. that they are is, is going to lead to a higher accountability. We're here for peace. We're here to respect women's rights. Like, yeah, well, our our, our Quran says women have to be dealt like this with Sharia, but we're going to respect that, and we're not going to go crazy with it, and, and we're going to post our life. There's an exposure and an expectation. And if they're engaging with people, what I'm hoping is that what, what I'm really hoping uh, two things. One, that there's an accountability effect on the Taliban. Yeah. From social media, both from the people like, hey, well, you guys are using social media. You better not censor the people of Afghanistan from using social media. Turkey Day, who benefits from Taliban takeover? Which globalists? Hey, well. I don't think anybody does. Actually, I, th I think there is a genuine battle with the Taliban here in terms of the, the, the PR here. And I hope the Taliban wins by being the better people, by by living up to their rhetoric. Right. I hope that the Taliban wins by using social media. So this is the second thing. This is more important. Thing. I hope the Taliban is able to use social media to show the world, hey, we're the rebels who beat the empire. We're here to protect our people.
the propaganda that you've been hearing is not accurate. Yeah. And and if they were in fact trained, like all the conspiracies that they were trained by the U.S. go like maybe those things will come out, right? And then back to your accountability. If their followers see them shooting people on social media, they might lose followers. So they're going to have to straighten their act up if it's not already straightened up. You must follow Twitter's terms and conditions in real life as well as <laughs> on the internet in order to be allowed on Twitter, right? Uh, yeah. NBCnews.com, Pentagon orders commercial airlines to provide planes for Afghan evacuees. And it's like, hey, you know how we fucked up the American airline industry and you're not using your planes every anyway because of all this COVID bullshit? Uh, well, hey. You're going to use them for this now. No, ordered. Ordered them. You are going to. You know how we fucked up over here? And you know how the American taxpayers gave us trillions and trillions of dollars for Afghanistan, for equipment. We got all these military airplanes, but you're going to use yours to fix our fuck up over here now. Yeah. We volunteered you. Yeah. The U.S. has moved 25,100 people out of Afghanistan since last Sunday when the Taliban took control of Kabul. A White House official said Sunday. Now they have to step in and order commercial airliners. I mean, like, what an admission of failure. All right, that's our Afghanistan block. I think I need some COVID vitamins. But, hey, we are going to go, Joey, do you have another, you don't have another COVID or another uh, COVID vitamin needle over there? I don't have another COVID vitamin. Vitamin. All right, that's it. That's our COVID block and our Afghanistan block. Woo! Uh, Jim, sorry that uh, Joey's on, and to the audience, sorry that, that Joey, we, we do have a couple little technical glitches, as we usually do, and right now it's it's Joey can't get into comments as co-host, and so Jim is doing the technical production. And, and oh, as Ed backstage, Ed backstage Mercy, right. Mercy also jumped right in, like, I'm here if you guys need me in, so our team is freaking incredible throw up keep the comments coming we'll get them on screen uh so from the associated press it's it's 9 30 and i think our guest is having technical issues just to that too just to throw that out there uh she was there now she's not and i'm assuming there's some phone issues but that doesn't surprise me Turkey Day on YouTube writes the whole official narrative rendering the attacks and occupation of afghanistan has been implausible from quite early on yeah Rock land, so not that I could find anyway. What was that about? Uh, All right. So we have some fun international stories still, and then we're going to get to the cannabis bribe in California. It's got Joey so worked up. APnews.com leaked footage shows grim conditions in Iran's Evan prison. Excuse me. Now, Western media covering this is going to be like, oh my God, look, they're, they're, they're prisons and Iran are so inhumane because it's the other and they're Arabs and they 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 hate Christians and blah 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 that shit right, um, or at least they're some kind of it's, it's it's a belittling of the other, make ourselves feel better. But actually, if you look at this and, and I look through the photos and I read this, I'm like, oh, yeah, how bad are prisons in Iran? And you go, wow, you know they're 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 pretty bad, but they're not like. Like when I looked at prisons in China, we've seen stuff in China where they have people like locked into chairs for confessions. 
you know, and, and, and the way they do executions in China with the Uyghurs and death row, that's, that's next level. Like, and I've seen, I've seen Mexican prisons, right. Where, cause they're just janky rundown buildings with shitty plumbing and facilities falling apart. It's pretty gross. Right. And then I, then I look at the, these, these, the, this, Oh my God, sensational story from Iran. And it's political prisoners being beaten. And they don't have they, they, what they have is, uh, pictures of of uh you know what would seem like relatively well built prisons like compared to you know what i've experienced in the united states marble walls in prisons uh not everywhere uh but some of these photos in the holding cells like they have pictures of uh emaciated prisoners and uh Guys getting punched by guards, like roughed up in the course of handling detainees, not being beaten and 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 and, and abused in any kind of you know uh, absurd way. I mean, this isn't like Abu Ghraib. Like if Abu Ghraib is is a ten of just inhumane torture, um, and and Chinese prisons are like for the Uyghurs where they're organ harvesting. What those are like seven or eight, you know, and and Mexico's like like a six these are like four or five it's not even that bad i mean by global standards certainly compared to prisons that the united states has run and prisons in the joey you're a little more attuned what you're, you're already grimacing what are, what are the worst kinds of prisons in the u.s today i mean there are places where that we've seen floods we've seen the covid outbreaks we've seen yeah systemic rape of, in women's prison that's probably oh, the worst no. this in, in palmyra this crazy this is where my kid lives and also I didn't go to the prison, but I went to holding in that same campus. And I was like, oh, my God, don't send me this prison. Like, I already knew about it. People just die. And it goes everything under the rug. Yeah, I mean, I've been in yeah. prison at the Women's Federal Penitentiary in Palmyra, Virginia. So I did like I did two months in solitary in the U.S., you know, two weeks in Virginia, a, week, a month and a half in D.C. And I saw suicide attempts and I saw a lot of failures in care you know either the burden of care as, yeah. as the custodian of or guardian in ad litem or whatever the fuck the legal but you're responsible for someone's life when you say you're my prisoner you're responsible, for I'm, you're responsible for their life you're responsible for their food shelter clothing and medical care and, 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 basics, I, right? I and pregnant women in when i was in and they didn't get they didn't get to their appointments when they were and so i i mean it's it, it, that's probably the single worst element in general uh, of the jail experience, not the justice system, but the jail experience in the United States is failure of delivery of, of, of basic life-saving medical care, right? And there's a lot of that. But I would guess a, a very close second, sort of hard to quantify. And I would say medical care because people die. Motherfuckers die. Little medical conditions turn into major medical conditions. People go in healthy, come out fucked up with Dying, major chronic conditions, yeah. shit like that. That's got to be the top. But systemic systems or, or, or rape, women women being raped by male guards in the United States, fucking unconscionable and incredibly common. Well, and another thing that, that goes uh, ignored, Scary like I said, is pregnant women in prison. 
There are a lot of pregnant women in prison. Do you know what you get extra? You don't get any extra food. I think I think you get like an extra serving of vegetables on your tray or something. Okay. So you get an extra mattress. So you can't even sleep comfortably while you're pregnant. You get zero accommodations. And and that's an easy because there are so many pregnant women in prison. It'd be easy to have a pregnancy ward with real beds and and comfortable for these mothers. And 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 I saw two women. They're supposed to get picked up, taken in their shackles to their appointments, and they just never went. One of these girls was seven months. I mean, that's a critical time to be going to your appointment. You know, it's terrifying. So, I back to Zero Iran. Months. I'm actually, I'm just encouraged. I'm excited for this. I'm like, yeah, the leaked footage before the internet. You don't really get to leak footage. <laughs> you know, like this. I mean, yeah, yeah, like technically, well, was, unless you there's pay a off brief the right era, era, right. right? But now it's like, yeah, the so, um. There was a cyber attack apparently that where they they hacked all the monitors and they all the monitors just said cyber attack general protest until the freedom of political prisoners an online account purportedly by an entity describing itself as a group of hackers shared footage of the incident as well as parts of other surveillance video it seized with the AP the alleged hacker said the release of the footage was an effort to show the grim conditions of the prison known for holding political prisoners and those with ties abroad who are often used as bargaining chips in negotiations with the West. In one part of the footage, a man smashes a bathroom mirror to try to cut open his arm. Prisoners and even guards beat each other in scenes captured by surveillance cameras. Inmates sleeping in single rooms with bunk beds stacked three high against the walls, wrapping themselves in blankets to stay warm. We want the world to hear... These are all things you, I believe, are very regular occurrences in American prison. Right, Joey? I mean, yeah. suicide attempts. Yep. Smashing bat- a mirror to cut your arm. I mean, there's more well, hanging there's, there's attempts, but of, sure. There's a list of pharmaceuticals they're allowed to administer in prisons and a list of the rest of them, they can't. And you deal with your withdrawal symptoms completely on uh, zero medical attention. And, and most of the people are locking up are drug addicts, not violent criminals. So they're just pulling. We need medical attention and then get isolation. Or, or psychiatric, you know, well, drugs. Yeah, yeah that, that you are allowed to administer. There's, yeah. there's, there's, there's only one Crohn's drug they're allowed to administer in prison. It takes ninety days to go into effect. So for somebody like me, if I've got a small sentence, I mean that's not helping. So what's going to happen here in Iran? Um, hopefully, uh, there will be some reform. Although I don't think this is going to be you know a tipping point but hopefully this builds to something else especially in this era of covid and, and who knows what iran is experimenting who knows i could look it up i haven't uh, i don't know how bad is covid bullshit in iran or covid in general it's like it's like cannabis mm-hmm. prohibition it took over the entire world breaking news armed man enters pace in high school oh okay we don't. I yeah. I don't want to cover high school. Not, we don't try to do. They're unfortunate. That's local news, as far as I'm concerned. It's not a gun issue. It's not a. It, it's it's a. Adam versus the man issue. is like an evening talk show that we do in the morning, for the sake of the internet. <laughs> like it's a, We're not here to go. If it bleeds, it bleeds. And our, and, and and come on, Ed. Uh, but what is it? Our man enters. That was it. Was it the security guard? So I don't think that's what you're talking about. Our man. A local issue. Yeah. I hope nobody gets hurt. But no, we're not going to try to, I, you know, it's funny. I was, well, I don't want to say, but I was, I was visiting an old friend and they had a, a, an Apple watch on that they had just set up automatically to get news alerts and we're sitting there and dinner and 
it pops up and oh she goes oh my god there was a shooting and i'm like do you really think that's good for you to have your day interrupted every time there's, there's a shooting it's not even like the most important thing for you to know there's no immediate relevance that i mean i hate to say it at this point essentially it's a statistic if it wasn't you know immediately affecting you yeah live your life and you know dedicate a period of time during the day to sit down and get caught up on headlines and then stop and go live your life. The sun.com invisible shield U S army successfully fires first iron dome missile interceptor that stops rockets as fears of world war three build the U S army successfully fired its first iron dome missile interceptor on Monday. The troops this morning completed. Yeah. Anyway, this is, so it's pretty, pretty cool advancement. I like that. The technology is cutting towards defense at this point. I don't know if that's being, if I'm, if I'm reading too much optimism into this. Uh, yeah, the military is getting more, but no, if there's an expectation that nobody can bomb anybody, because like all missiles can be intercepted, it's kind of a good thing. That's where the technology goes. All right, fun random story from the Lexington Herald leader. Jim, you're going to have to pull up the video for this. I hope you got it. Racehorse, Bucks jockey, escapes Ellis Park, takes a run in traffic. Liberate the horses! Yeah. I love this. Go yeah. on, horsey. They are mean to those horses. That's Video posted on Twitter showed the number four horse racing alongside traffic. There it is. Uh, on the shoulder of the road, another video shared on Facebook by Colin Stanley showed the horse running toward vehicles that appeared to be stopped on a four-lane highway. Go on, this. Yeah. Look at it. Yeah. As he wrote, horse running at me full speed on I-69 today. No idea how it started or ended. Odd times we live in. Just, uh, just kind of makes, yeah, look at that. Hey, horse of the freeway. But, you know. Uh, the horse had an injury to a back leg and was hot, but otherwise fine when she was returned to her owners after the incident. Wow. She should have been given to kinder owners. Can you guess what the horse's name was? More. Bold and bossy. Yes, she is. Yeah. Yeah. She is a strong, independent woman, <laughs> and she don't need no goddamn human. <laughs> uh <clears throat> Yeah. Number four, 20. Yeah. Was she going sometimes, to look for sometimes, the 20 horse? She was going to look for the 20. Sometimes we have pets. Sometimes we have hostages from another species. This is true. The sun. Flag on the play. Shock video is another random fun story with the video. Shock video shows another huge brawl and stands at NFL game after a woman slaps man in the face. Now, I, I wonder if this, like, is this a trend? Another huge brawl? Chaos erupted in the stands at the Steelers' preseason game against the Detroit Lions in Pittsburgh after being sparked by what appeared to be a row between two fans. Hey, the British use the word row for fight. Oh, she laid one in. Look, she's getting right in the middle of it, too. But, like, okay, so this is a, it was a football game. I, I mean, the football games a lot. A lot? A lot. Okay, so having grown up in Baltimore, and we didn't get our football team, but when the Ravens won the Super Bowl, shit got broken. And that's what irritated us so much when they were like, oh, BLM's breaking windows. Like, you motherfuckers break windows when the Steelers <laughs> the Ravens. I mean, this happens every single week, and the cops got to come out and do crowd control because everybody gets rowdy before the game even starts. <coughs> Terrible. 
is terrible. People flip cars over football games. Cop cars. Is so? Is this a trend, or am I just like falling for a little media sensation? This is a trend. It's no, no, no. Is it increasing with COVID? I, I, that's oh, that's what I want to cover. So I, that's what I thought it was. What did it start with? What is it? Well, it doesn't look like anybody in the video is wearing a mask. Like they're, they're done with masks and Pittsburgh. Why is she or black? Because he's black. I don't know. Well, that's what that's what the sensationalist headline is: white woman slaps black man. Yeah. But like, did he grab her ass? Or is she just being a nasty bitch? I mean, this could go either way. There's no context to it. No. And, I'm, you know, I'm skimming the rest of the article here. I don't think there's anything else about statistics or trends here. But I thought it was a trend that we saw. Maybe it was some media sensationalism bullshit that I, I, I didn't research enough to decide how true it was. That there was an increase in stadium fights and, and sports fans fights. With sports coming back post COVID, it's not post COVID, but like post full COVID shutdown of stadium. So like yeah. per game, more fights now than pre COVID. Yeah, and and it's is that, it, and it would make sense. Um, I mean, I this is this, part of this mainstream narrative is be afraid of your fellow. Americans be afraid of your fellow human beings. I, I don't want to feed into that, you know, and therefore we need more control. We need more authority, right? But it would it would kind of stand a reason that if people are all disjointed, you know, coming out of lockdowns, going to sports games for the first time, they're gonna be more fights. But if the fights are just kind of accepted as part of the game, like, yeah, no, we have we have controlled violence, controlled and in super intense violence on the field. And we have less controlled, but less intense violence all around it because it's a celebration of, of violence, you know, and, and that's what those sports are as much as they are athletic contests. Not that I'm against that inherently, but. The, the... I, I have so many. We could do a whole episode on why I hate the NFL. <laughs> we won't. Yeah, but we could. All right. So the Guardian from Yahoo.com, hundreds clash in Portland as Proud Boys rally descends into violence. See, back to the thing about being being afraid right now to go out. And I, it's not that I feel afraid to go out. I just, I look at, I look at out. You don't want to deal with I that don't shit. want to go out as much anymore. Like, out is, out is just a lot less appealing to me than it used to be. Thanks, Proud Boys and Antifa. Like, and I, yeah, it's not, you know, you're all FBI plants or victims or manipulated by plants or what have you a right-wing protest in portland on sunday has culminated in a gunfight jesus when anti-fascist demonstrators and i that's so politically like judgmental again revealing the bias in this and this is the guardian you know like that oh because you call yourselves anti-fascist you're anti anti-fascist demonstrators not antifa but they say this because they want you to think of the proud boys as fascists and, and, and neither of them really are. That's what's really dumb, is that if you, if you define fascism properly, like both Antifa and Proud Boys are anti-fascism. At least they're sort of grassroots base, like the, the, the Proud Boys. Uh, and I disagree with the Proud Boys on Western chauvinism as a concept, you know, or as the important unifying concept. But for them, a lot of what they get out of that is relatively libertarian. They're relatively libertarian. And I don't know about Antifa as much politically, right? Because they're they, they they definitely operate differently. And this is a weird, you know, dichotomy of like Antifa versus the Proud Boys. And there's, there's it's much more nebulous and complicated than that. 
but it would seem that the people on the Antifa side are genuinely anti-fascism. They're not Biden fans to this. They're they're more like you know the base of them ideologically is closer to like I don't know the extremists of the Green Party, right? And so it's really see that that they that these two groups are being led to fight in the streets is really fucking dumb. The firefight took place in the heart of downtown Portland soon after 6 p.m. as anti-fascists followed a man at a distance who they were trying to eject from the area. He took cover behind an electrical substation box, produced a handgun and opened fire. He fired at least two shots before an anti-fascist returned fire with their own handgun. At least seven shots were fired. Portland Bureau Police confirmed that a man had been arrested over the shooting but did not have any information uh, on any injuries. So looks like they're all of them have really shitty aim. Uh, now the other thing that's funny about these street skirmishes, for some reason, there's a lot of airsoft guns involved. So a lot of these, a lot of these guys looking tough carrying guns are actually carrying airsoft rifles. Earlier that afternoon in the city suburban East, Proud Boys discharged rounds from airsoft guns, while anti-fascists threw firework munitions, and both sides exchanged clouds of choking mace and countless blows in a chaotic running street battle that lasted the better part of an hour. The earlier confrontation, which began around 4 p.m. in the car park of abandoned Kmart, where about 200 members of far-right groups had staged a rally billed as a Summer of Love event, eventually spilled out onto a busy arterial road in the car park of nearby Park Rose High School. It began when a group of around 30 anti-fascists, all clad in black block attire, walked past the right-wing rally at 4 p.m., and Proud Boys gave chase. Yeah, they were just walking by. the like. So there is a weird proxy for like left-right bullshit that, that, that there's a lot of bias being projected onto here. Uh, but yeah, fun but really dumb story. And I think, like, do I want to go out and do man-on-the-street interviews and just expose how dumb these people are but at least get people who care about some of these bigger issues to talk on camera i i do but i I don't want to get caught up in the bullshit right now quick note of sympathy for those in tennessee 22 dead many missing after 17 inches of rain in tennessee yeah i need to i need to know about this and this is this is pretty crazy i mean it's was this a, it's a hurricane? It was a hurricane in the northwest. Is that something northeast? Like yeah. Um, but this was three inches higher than the record they'd they'd ever experienced. Um, so twenty dead, tw- dozens of people, twenty-two dead, tw- at least dozens still missing. And uh, you know, when you get seventeen inches of rain, all of a sudden you end up with a lot of intense flooding and, and temporary flooding. And uh, un- unfortunately, because a lot of the, and I, I, yeah, we're going to find a way to blame government for this. Um, a lot of it is, is due to what well, you say, you know, is it government's fault directly? And obviously no, is it, but what is government's fault? Two things. We don't have better drainage and, and zoning concepts that would prevent stuff like this from being a, you know, the kind of major disaster that it is. Like out here, when, when we homestead, when we build on, a, on our own land, 
you do a floodplain analysis, you account for the potential flooding. You know that there's never going to be because the government paved this and fucked up this drainage and did this, that all of a sudden you're going to have streets where the government says it's safe to park your car, flooding and destroying your car and, and slamming cars into buildings and things like that and stupid shit that happens with poor civil uh, what was the term for civic planning, civil planning, civil planning, whatever zoning, city planning, all that stuff. Um, but drainage planning and development based on government approved zoning rather than insurance that would have to take these things into account. And then the other is is, is the emergency services and, and anticipation of problems like this. You know, we're capable of better. And these people are dead because, yeah, we live under a government dominated system, unfortunately. So. And then, of course, the governor. Bill Lee tours the area and gets to be the leader and calls it a devastating picture of loss and heartache. Yes, we're still talking about January 6th from nationalfile.com. This is one Ed shared in the producer's club. Breaking, Ashley Babbitt, executioner formerly, formally exonerated, gets to walk free. The man who abruptly and suddenly shot and killed patriotic veteran Ashley Babbitt on January 6th has been formally exonerated following an internal probe by Capitol Police. Evidence suggests that her killer is Capitol Hill Lieutenant named Michael Leroy Bird, the Capitol Police officer who fatally shot Ashley Babbitt outside a door by the U.S. Capitol, has been formally exonerated after an internal investigation. According to reports, independent journalist Taylor Hansen has previously identified Babbitt's shooter. From the NBC report, the officer, whose name has not been released, opened fire on Babbitt, and she, as she and a mob of other Trump supporters tried to forcefully enter the Capitol on January 6th. Video of the shooting showed Babbitt in front of a crowd of rioters trying to get through a door, leading to where members of Congress were being evacuated on the House side of the building. The Justice Department announced in April that no charges were being brought against the officer. The exoneration by the Capitol Police wraps up the last remaining investigation into the incident. A memo from the commander of the Capitol Police's Office of Personal Responsibility says no further action will be taken in this matter. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Unpopular opinion? Think this went the right way. I you can't. She's a veteran too, right? Right. You you. She should know better than most civilians that you don't go charging into a building like that when windows are being broken without the. No, 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 no. The officer shot them. into a crowd to someone who was not an immediate threat to anybody else. And what happened? Yeah. No, there's no excuse. I didn't keep up on. Yeah, that. no, it wasn't like an incident where she was charging at an individual directly and he shot her like ash it no, was uncle jimbo was... going they're coming right for us is it? yeah and and yeah. She, the, the, this is remember the, the crowd say what you will about the mega crowd mobbing the capital they didn't come with guns blazing no they didn't, they didn't come shooting cops they didn't, they didn't they come were, throwing grenades they outside at an nfl game in fact it was calmer than an nfl game yeah and in a lot of ways so, like, hey and tony stark five dollars on youtube with the super chat what we love you too Thank you very much, sir. Start. All right. Save us. Now, we're going to end today's show. Uh, thank you. All right. With two stories that I know Joey is going to have a lot to say about. First, TheVerge.com. OnlyFans. To prohibit sexually explicit content beginning in October. What? What? 
<gasps> First of all, what was it like three months ago? I was shocked to see an ad with OnlyFans telling you to put your art on there. And they're like, hey, come to your art. It was a woman doing pottery, like the ghost thing, you know? Yeah, they were expanding. And they were excited. I was like, oh, cool. That, that's cool. They're expanding. But never expected this. They were, they were trying to take the, the OnlyFans model to com- it, 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 that was to, to compete cool. with Patreon. Which was, I thought that was cool because they were, they're taking the OnlyFans model and promoting art. That's acknowledging that adult entertainment is a form of art. Form of art. art is supposed to make you feel things. <laughs> Sometimes those things are horny. Um, yeah. Uh, or erect. But yes, uh, art is supposed to make you feel feel things one way or another no that's, that's interesting i consider that that overlap but uh the shift away from porn on the site comes amid pressure from banks banks they could totally use bitcoin like here is where crypto where some crypto could come forward and say no fuck you banks we'll have only fan coin just awesome idea only fans yeah man you already stuck it to the man. And if you if you go with this, like they just spent what more the better part of a year using the adult entertainment industry to promote their brand and lift them up to this pillar that they're at. And if they turn their backs on all of those people, that's fucking terrible. That's absolutely terrible. Finally, there's a safe place to go. There are women who are not in dangerous situations anymore, right? They don't have to go out in the street and work for some shady pimp because the government doesn't allow for a legal market for this that are able to stay safely in their homes and not get raped and not get tortured and not get stalked and not get murdered that are going to have to go back out into those dangerous situations. Like that's what OnlyFans is getting ready to do. Well, it's a, it's a little more gradual than that. Let's let's so to the details of what this means. Cause like how, how you ban porn is like, I don't, I don't know. I know it when I see it, creators on the platform will still be allowed to post nude images as long as they comply with the site's acceptable use policy. More information will be available in the coming days. OnlyFans remains committed to the highest levels of safety and content moderation of any social platform. However, according to the BBC, the site's moderation has been up to that standard. It reports that a compliance manual instructed employees to give users three strikes, even if the content that was being removed was illegal. The BBC also reports that more successful accounts, which had a larger subscriber base, were handled by a separate team and given additional warnings when they broke the site's rules. So I go, hey, you know what? You know what could make this all irrelevant? Telegram. Telegram. Telegram just needs a t- and Telegram could insert any kind of payment mechanism you want to subscribe to any kind of channel that you can host on Telegram. Like why and why do you need why do you need OnlyFans? Like, why would you need OnlyFans if Facebook allowed for porn? Yeah, I want to say all content, but they still won't let you question government, right? Mm-hmm. But let's say Facebook allowed for porn and had private groups that you just had, yeah. that had a payment mechanism they, that you had to Facebook be a member of. Facebook goes through and get everybody's ID uploaded anyway, like, so they can already, they can 18 and over you. It's really easy on this. You so verify it. Facebook doesn't have the, the guts or the user base with the initiative to, uh, to to demand that standard of of, of integrity uh, or openness, so that's why OnlyFans exists in the first place, and that's why Telegram exists. But now I go, wait, Telegram could absorb this function. I do believe Telegram. I think I saw something about them working on a a, a video. They have video chat. There's our there's there's, I, there's, video there's chat. always been video chat. One to one. 
I don't know if you can broadcast. I think that's something about it. Shot on the same basically, but yeah, it's like it's on the verge of all of these little things. It's got such a solid base of people. So like again, the privacy thing, like with OnlyFans right now, that has eight thousand one hundred and seventeen members. If you don't have Telegram, get Telegram. I mean, and and it's it's more. I get to read what I want, and like Telegram doesn't decide what article or what post I see first. I do. It's it's in chronological order. When I don't check it, I come back and it'll be like, oh, 87 notifications. I can go at them at my own leisure. It's beautiful. Like Facebook used to be. Do you remember that? That was mm. a thing. Once upon a time for a few months. Once upon a time. For a few months. So there's precedent to this. Despite its ability to draw eyeballs and a safer environment, it provides sex workers. Online porn yep. is a hard sell for investors. And I was thinking, like, really? Like, aren't we past that? Like, isn't it all direct? to be direct and if, if not it's like this is a critical part of the evolution of the internet yeah it's coming from porn and i hate to say that it's because this i don't this kind of porn doesn't interest me at all like there's something weird about like i want to see i want my just well no no but just so you know i like just so you know like i like i like i mean i like my pre-recorded visual fantasies Right, the idea of interacting with women online and like giving them money and just has zero appeal to me at all. Okay, just but I I get it that some dudes want that. Like I get I get the appeal that there's the live interaction. Like is it not for the strippers too? Right, it's really like, so like strip clubs. Like while at work, yeah, streaming and yeah. Online, and that's awesome. Like I've never enjoyed strip clubs except to play pool and be like oh yeah hey titties you know it's, yeah. but like i don't like there's something weird and to me about that interaction that's it's more of a turn off than it's a turn on right sure. so but i get that for a lot of guys that is and that's it's awesome that the internet is giving that a, a, a vibrant independent market and that only fans has been such a huge part of that and that safe space for it for so long and so that it's going away i'm like oh but maybe it's evolving they should be, pr- hopefully this evolves into them like really getting gung-ho on sex worker rights, maybe becoming like their own little political activists in a way. And, you know, cause there's, I'm sure as we're speaking right now, there's board meetings going on with the OnlyFans execs going, what the fuck do we do? Like, I get it. They, they were like a little company, right? And now all of a sudden they're this big thing and they probably aren't really sure what play to make on this. You know? Okay. So last story, maybe this is a simpler one. Hightimes.com. Exorbitant cannabis bribes lead to arrest of former California mayor. Former California mayor of Adelanto, Richard Kerr, was arrested by FBI agents for allegedly accepting almost $60,000 in exchange for bribes. In bribes, not in exchange for bribes, seems worded wrong. Related to the local marijuana industry licensing. So let's see, was mayor of Adelanto, California, 2014 to 18, taken into custody Friday by the FBI. Allegations he accepted more than 57,000 in bribes and kickbacks in exchange for approving ordinances authorizing various types of commercial marijuana activity within the city and ensuring his co-schemers obtain city licenses or permits authorizing certain commercial marijuana activities. Now, what really pisses me off about this is that in that city, who gets to run cannabis businesses? People who know how to bribe the mayor and have the money to bribe the yes, mayor. Yes, that part makes me angry. However, 
This says $57,000 in bribes and kickbacks. Was he getting taken to dinner or getting free weed? Because if that's the case, 57 grand's not a whole lot. If you're an active mayor, if, and I don't right. know what's going on here. If you're an active mayor and you're out in your community and people are taking you out and spending money on you for dinner and this and that, that can be considered bribes. But that's also you being an active member and and accepting those things because you want to hear what your community It could be says. insignificant. I, I, but yeah. I think when the- yeah, 57 grand's so, not a lot. If, if you've got a bunch of people throwing you butt and buying you dinners and stuff. I mean, I over four years. Over four too. years, yeah. I, well, actually, you know what that comes down to? $60,000, four years, $15,000 a year, a little over $1,000 a month. Really could come out to a few big dinners for you and your staff on a regular basis. The question is if he was giving preferential treatment based on that for licensing and denying licenses to other people. That's and that's the fucked up part. And so what I what I wanna well, you know uh condemn this person for this this mayor isn't for taking the bribes necessarily, but for, enfor for enforcing a system where bribes are relevant in the first place. Because the bribes themselves, again, like you said, I might not be that the nature of the bribes. Yeah. If, if it was a mayor Take these twenty dollars here and give me that. Like that's that's some shady shit. If he was just accepting, like you said, dinner parties or like some. And it could just be lobbying. Check this out: the Department of Justice said that in his capacity as mayor, care supported marijuana yeah, legalization, yeah. voted in favor of an ordinance authorizing marijuana cultivation in the city, voted in favor of an ordinance authorizing the operation of medical marijuana dispensaries, and voted to authorize the distribution, transportation, testing of medical marijuana among other commercial marijuana activities. At the same time, Care secretly used his office position to enrich himself and his co-schemers by passing these same ordinances. Or secretly? He voted on it publicly. So this is where this article really gets to me. This now seems like the Fed is picking on this mayor for being too pro-cannabis. Well, so, but here's, here's, here's the accusation, though, that he drafted zones for commercial marijuana activities to include locations used by his co-schemers and he ensured they obtained the licenses and permits they sought in exchange for bribes, kicks back, kickbacks, and gifts. I hope this just illuminates to everybody that the fucked up part of the system that a mayor can like, don't, oh, the mayor made this zone for his friends. No, no, no. The mayor made the rest of the city not a zone for people he didn't like. And that kind of zoning power shouldn't exist, right? Sure. Right. So they said the bribes and, and kickbacks were disguised as gifts, donations to a charitable fund, Donation to his election campaign, advance payments for the proceeds of planned litigation associated with a motorcycle accident in exchange for bribes and kickback, kickbacks, favorable official action. So, yeah. Yeah, he's not accepting cash. I don't feel this seems like the Fed picking on him. Could this mayor have better practices in his zoning policy? He's an asshole of a he's mayor, but he's he's maybe he's a good mayor. Maybe he's a nice guy who's at least a pro-cannabis mayor, and that's why they're going after him. Don't have cannabis dispensaries is because those people were like, hey, we don't want him here. Maybe he did that research. Maybe they don't want him here. Maybe this is all voluntary. I I don't. This seems like a shakedown on a state official who won't agree with federal regulations. All right. It even mentions in the article him allowing some like public consumption areas. That's going to piss off the feds. And you know, if this mayor's like, yeah, you can smoke weed. Yeah, give a fuck. I I. I this scares me because the Fed's still after, still going after cannabis users all over the place. It, it, not so much dispensaries anymore because of the Cole Amendment says that if you're following your state's guidelines, the Fed can't spend any money on it. 
but if they don't spend money on it, they can still come get you for something else, like water or, or solar misusage or something. But now they're coming after mayors who may be helping your lobbyist groups that are passing this legislation. That's terrifying. That's absolutely terrifying to me. How many, yeah, how many, the the other, yeah, how, many how many other industries gave so much more in bribes and gifts and kickbacks compared to this? And like the FBI yeah, never goes yeah, after the oil and tobacco and pharma shit. Yeah. Anyway, we don't have time for producer notes. So we'll just say go to t.me slash Adam versus the man for everything. Go to the crypto six.com. Go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Adam Kokesh, go to cryptos. Go to yeah. Go to Instagram at the Gardenia Freedom, and homefrontbattlebuddies.com to support our veterans nonprofit. And go green energy online to get yourself off grid. Peace and love, y'all. Choose happiness. Be excellent to each other. 